back to Wellness and Wonder for a special episode with Dr. Erin. Uh, first of all, what's the topic today? We strongly believe that ours is a journey of reconnection and manifestation. So back to the ground of our being throughout the getaway of our hearts. Why the meaning of manifestation is so important is the ability to create something in life, is the spiritual energy that is expelled to creation in physical reality. It can be any goal from a situation, a relationship, a state of health. And the, the fundamental aspect of it is that manifestation is happening at this very moment. So the universe always reacts with the spiritual law of the event. Manifestation, live your truth, and divine creators are the key concepts of today's topic with the dearest Erin. Ciao, Erin. Mm -hmm. Ciao, ciao. I'm so excited to be with you and your amazing tribe and community and sending you so much love. Total gratitude. We too. And we are so happy to have your wellness wonder to spread a bit of magic. So um, um, let's talk a bit about manifestation together, dear Erin. What would, what would you say, uh, first of all, about manifestation, which is such an important uh, aspect of our life? It is everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's no effort in manifesting. You're manifesting 24 seven with no effort whatsoever. So you might as well do it consciously instead of unconsciously in the programming from a subconscious and soul DNA level. So we're here to really experience the depths of our soul and form. And so we might as well clear out our, our soul from all the limited, you know, creations and begin to actually purely create what we do want to manifest. So I love the topic so much. Me too. And uh, to be able to create in this life, uh, we have to realize uh, that our belief is so important, our, our attitude toward it. So for, for sure, we have to start with a positive mindset and thinking, which sometimes is very difficult because of our past experiences. So would you say that it all starts with our mind, dear doctor? Yeah, well, we're in a mental universe. That's all it is. We're consciousness backing the energy. We're not the energy. We're we're directing the energy as pure consciousness. And so we have to understand that whatever we energize expands, as you already know. It's it's really basic, but it's really funny because you can learn something basic like what you focus on expands, but then people focus on what they don't want instead of what they do want. So yes, of course, mind is everything because everything is created from mind, not the mini mind, but the divine mind. And we're all one mind and our subconscious is all one mind. So we have to understand that our mind is not what we think it is. It's not just that one little thought. It's what's being programmed to what's already been programmed through our DNA, our epigenetics is the mind. So why we don't have to beat the heart, you know, it just does it automatically. So what we're putting into it now is like the new program of the future of our existence. So yes, every thought we think, every feeling we have is super imperative for the butterfly effect of the manifestation of our future generations. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love what you said. And to clear our mind and to start from zero sometimes is not easy. To start from zero is not necessarily correct, but to be reborn, to feel this rebirth within, because we evolve and we cannot get stuck to what we were in the past if we don't like ourselves, for example. So to be able to detach from our identity, from the past is never so easy. So more than ever, we need this, uh, during this enlightenment phase of life, we need to rebuild ourselves with a positive mindset, which is a practice that you would suggest, a part of course, surrounding mm -hmm. ourselves by positivity and uh, positive people. Yeah, I love that. So probably I would imagine people out there are listening or either they're kind of going through a hard time with 
the pandemic and war and just so many different things, financial, wondering what's going to happen, how the system's going to crumble, or maybe you're dealing with codependency and dysfunction in your relationship and you're just done with those suck cycles or whatever. I know it so well. I was, you know, totally dysfunctional before. I was codependent when I was young. I was date raped. I had an eating disorder. I had um, a full term stillborn child. I know what it's like to be in suffering. And so for me, of course, there's daily spiritual practice, but I would say there's something that we're just tapping into that science, philosophy, and spirituality is agreeing with, and it's trauma work. And trauma for me is the most important, the biggest quantum leap I had for myself and for my clients. And the reason why is because trauma, you know, you might go, why trauma? I don't have trauma. Well, people think maybe it's just a big car accident or war, but that's not trauma. It's now proven that like everybody has trauma. Trauma is not what happens to you. Trauma is what happens within you. So something happens, whether it be that you have a domestic violence or whether you just have a breakup or an argument with a friend or someone, you know, yells at you, the trauma is actually a high, high state of a negative emotion. That's a frequent, high, high frequency and vibration backed by a limited belief. You know, you're in this high state of emotion. Say, I even say, say your mom doesn't show up for Christmas and you get really, really upset and you decide I'm not, I'll never love again, or I'm not lovable or something's wrong with me, or I don't want to live, whatever it is. And that goes into the engramic system. It goes into the neurological system as an engram. It also tags the DNA and strangulates the DNA. So these are the things that actually are holding us back. We wonder why do I know what to eat, but I don't eat. Why do I know I shouldn't pick these partners, but I keep picking dysfunctional partners. Why am I sad? I know I can go outside and exercise and feel better, but I don't. That's the subconscious mind in the programming of that identity and the belief that's playing out like a program in a computer. Wow. So doing your, tra- your trauma work is the most important thing to release those charge on the, on the subconscious to release those DNA links so that you can begin to have a cleared soul so that when you do manifest, it's actually just coming from a pure consciousness. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Dr. Erin. And I think the information is what counts. So we should add good information into our system. So if we think about it under an energetic level, to add this kind of energy is, as we said, is very simple to say, but very complex, but it's actually the way it is. So we add the positive information, new information to be able to change our mindset. So important. Well, there's kind of two ways, right? So you have kind of a positive way, which might be say through spiritual mind treatment, like invoking the truth, right? Or you might have it through doing meditation and having downloads from source, right? But the issue is, is that it's kind of like a field. Imagine you have a field and you're a farmer and you're putting the seeds into the soil, but the soil is full of weeds, So the weeds are the trauma and the limited belief. So you really, like I've noticed after, you know, I was in a spiritual center for like six years and I realized people are praying, but they're not necessarily getting the results. What's wrong. And the issue was that they hadn't cleared out their weeds. So they hadn't done their trauma work. So trauma work is very imperative to be able to go to the beloved, go to divine, you know, go under meditation and be able to receive those downloads and actually be able to have that seed bloom into what you want to manifest. So true. And I believe another an amazing value to think of because that regards manifestation is gratitude because it's so important as the imagination shapes life is the literal sense of the word. So 
as soon as we imagine, we already create a reality that might happen even if it's negative. So being grateful allow us to be appreciating for what is happening using our imagination in a positive way. So being mm -hmm. grateful is so important through this process of manifestation. Yeah, I always say, you know, you can't make a chocolate pie out of cow shit. So the positive movement is great, but it's one of the worst things that's happened to our culture yeah. that we're actually afraid to feel the dark emotions. We're actually afraid to feel the grief. We're actually afraid to feel the sadness because the actual emotions are the gateway. That's where the guru, that's what guru means. It means taking the dark to the light. We can't get to the light until we go to the dark because we have to actually feel the emotions that come and the wisdom that comes off of emotion. So gratitude is something that should naturally happen. It shouldn't be forced because it's inauthentic, honestly. I totally agree with you. And healing is about feelings. So we cannot expect to be healed and to be able to heal if we have not been going through this darkness, like you said, because it's about feeling this darkness, transforming it in a positive way. People cannot really teach lessons if they've not been living these lessons at the same time. So I believe experiencing anything, even the darkness is very important. Yeah. You have to learn how, remember years ago, again, like I was trying to be positive. I had watched the secret documentary. I was like, let me just get my mind. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to visualize and do all these things. And I was like, why do I still feel sad? Like it kept, it kept coming up. You know, it's like I was suppressing that sadness, trying to be positive yeah. and it would actually end up making me even more sad. And then I would go like, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. I can't be positive. I can't stay on a good attitude. So and it wasn't, Right, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Sorry, no, it's our choice to think that way, to block our, our inner self. It's always up to us, I believe. We are responsible, as we always say, and as I always think, that we are totally responsible for our own thinking. So we have to be aware of this. So it's our choice to fall into negativity, to fall into traps, to fall into sabotage behavior, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then what do you, but then what do you do with it? Right. So it's like, it's easy to evaluate and yeah. analyze yourself and find all your limited beliefs go, Oh, I do think that way. But then it's like, but then what, because then it can be worse. Then it's like, okay, great. I found all of my things that are wrong with me. Now, what do I do? Well, then the, the deal is you've got to learn processes that actually transform and transmute the emotion things like E4 trauma method, right? Things like going into, we have some different things like upset worksheets where you go in, you fully feel the upset and you begin to really transmute that upset and it actually burrs out a new truth for you. So it's really important to understand and have tools to be able to actually you know, go in and do the work. We have people that come in and they've had great enlightenment. They've had out-of-body experiences. They've had you know, angels channeling with them, they have a, but they get in a room with their mom and they get triggered. They can't be, you know what I mean? It's like, you got to deal with your actual DNA. You've got to deal with your subconscious mind. You've got to deal with the body. You've got to deal with the human beingness, you know, because you can be at a body and not attach this, this body, but then what we're human. And we want to have a, a spiritually, you know, embodied in our, in this sacred vessel that we have. So beautiful. That's why it's so important to live our own truth. As we have different personal experiences, we cannot expect the truth to be the same for everyone. And so that's why it's impossible to compare. The comparison brings us to this competitive kind of behavior and attitude many times. So we should always follow our own truth, which is not about lying ourselves, but it's about because of our experience, we have our, our own truth and we fight for the good of it. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah. So there's what's called 
ultimate truth and relative truth. And yeah. the Greeks were the first to teach that there is an ultimate truth, that, but there is also a relative truth. And so how does this work exactly? Truth is things like this. Energy cannot be destroyed, okay? Yeah. Truth is there's gravity. There's a cause and effect universal laws, okay? Truth is that we are, there's no time and space in a spiritual realm, okay? These are ultimate truths. Relative truth is like what works for Francesca versus Dr. Aaron and relationship will be different because we have different things that we like and our values might be different. And the way we, we, you know, the things that we like in life are different, right? That's a relative truth. And so for people, they have to understand the truth, which is the, I am the unity, understand their pure potential and they are creators. That's a truth. A relative truth is, you know what? I want to live in Los Angeles. And someone else is like, you know what? I want to live in Bali. Okay. So that's a relative truth. And so it's really important as we go through working with clients that we birth their ultimate truth of who they are. And we also birth their relative truth so that they can be true to themselves and not make anyone else wrong and realize, oh, this person just is different than me. It's okay. Yeah. So important. In fact, as a character, as a person, we must have a concrete thinking. Otherwise it's impossible to manifest something that might be impossible to be realized. So to be this practicality is important through this process of thinking to manifest because uh, many friends uh, as i do many sessions uh, with uh, uh, to empower women we always end up thinking that is impossible to manifest all our desire it's actually mm. not impossible but of course we need a concrete thinking behind mm. well we also have to put commitment so if you write out all of your things that you want in life okay i want to i want to be a world renowned spiritual leader i want to you know make millions of dollars i want to have an incredible partner i want to you know have a house at the beach i want all these things and then you have to take a look at those things and go are you willing to do whatever it takes to be the mental equivalent and am i willing to really be all those things and sometimes you're like the reason why someone might like for me you know, why are you not whatever it may be? It's because you're not committed to it. It's exactly, you know, so there's people that they want to make millions of dollars, but they're not willing to do what it takes to actually have the mindset and the skill set. So it would be delusional say, I'm just want to have that. There, there has to be a mental equivalent to it. There has to be a commitment level to it. I agree. Totally agree with you. So the thought and the feeling, so the thought coming from our mind and the feeling from our heart is not enough if there is not true commitment behind. True mm -hmm. commitment, what do we mean with commitment exactly under a scientific point of view? Dr. Sure. It's not necessarily like commitment, like as in I'm going to diet and I'm committed to having a diet because that's actually not authentic. It's not something, it, it is what it's a saying is whatever your deepest desire is your destiny. Yeah. So if you are absolutely you desire, say a beautiful home, but you're not willing to take what it takes to have the mental equivalent of that. Maybe you're going to call in a partner that has that, you know, beautiful home for you. But if that partner and you, but if you're more committed to say, um, I want to have peace and that relationship ends up being dysfunctional and you're like, but I want that, that beautiful home. I'm going to stay in this relationship. Right. But your actual deeper desire is to not have a dysfunctional relationship. Then you're willing to give up that beautiful home for that partner. Okay. So the point is that, yes, you can create that home without that partner, but you have to say, am I hundred percent willing to be the embodiment of whatever it is to have that beautiful home? And most people aren't willing. They're not, they don't want it that bad. They want it only just because they're playing with manifestation and they're having a good time, but are they really willing to be the embodiment of the mental equivalent of whatever that is that they desire?
so beautiful, so true. And uh, would you say that intuition is part of this process? Because intuition is nothing else than being very uh, per perceiving things in a different way. So see beyond facts, which is so powerful, I believe. And we underestimate the power of our intuitions because we are more focused on the external world instead of our inner world, which is our inner power. So intuition to, manif to manifest is such an important uh, um, point of it. So what would you think? Because with our intuition, how can we manifest what we desire? So our intuition allows us also to, to follow the vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a great point. And I think that people think someone's intuitive or they're not. Everyone's intuitive. Everyone's psychic. Everyone has supernatural abilities. We just have put a veil on ourselves to pretend that we are not. So yeah, I think it's super important because most people are trying to manifest out of what the culture has told them or what they see the other influencer having or whatever. But we know, we always know, and we've always known, we know when we're in a relationship that doesn't serve us. We know when we're not living in our best environment. We know what foods our body really, truly, you know, to nourish ourselves versus not. So yeah, I mean, of course, intuition is so important. Again, that's truth though, knowing your truth and knowing what specifically is true for you. And we know that the body speaks. I mean, the body will tell you exactly what's working or not working. It'll freak out. Like my, I won't sleep at night if I'm not living my truth. If I'm like one pinky at a truth, my whole body is like hail to the now. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, so this uh, manifestation of spiritual energy, it happens uh, thanks to intuition. How can we develop uh, our, uh, my intuition I believe is really developed. So you know why Dr. Erin? Because I live in the countryside, I've been focusing a lot, the attention a lot within myself. So that's why I believe my intuition is developed. But for people that never really thought about it, which is the suggestion you would give? Sure. Really yeah, we, we, te we teach workshops on building intuition. And one of the things, one of the core things is to have a daily intuition journal so that you can begin to go, you know, what do I feel is the answer to this? Or should I go on to this event? Or should I go on this date? And then go, because sometimes you don't listen to your intuition, go anyway, and then give feedback to what your kind of intuition is versus what you did versus what you came out of it. And I think you're going to start to, you know, for everyone out there, when you start, most of us have intuition that we just pretend like, oh, I didn't hear that. I'm just going to pretend like, you know, I didn't hear that intuition to say, don't go to that event. And you go anyway. And you're like, yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't meant to be there. It just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So beautiful to experiment with our mind to see if our intuition is right or not, because otherwise mm -hmm. I would know. So to experiment yeah. is very, very just play. Yeah, just play with it. Like it's yeah. a fun game. It's I think we know fun. right when we meet somebody, you know, where we feel like there's just this knowing, like, I like this person or I don't really trust this person or like there's something in there and just like begin to listen to that and play with it. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. And uh, yeah, we should see spirituality as a game in terms of, otherwise we take it so seriously. Life is already very intense and very tough. If we take ourselves too seriously, I believe that's why I love spirituality because actually it, it gives light to the psychology, psychological aspect of life because that's the magic. Spirituality is not only psychology, which is appunto, it's magical in my opinion. So it's fun to go deep uh, through spirituality. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, Universal law is my favorite just because it, 
it explains everything. It's like, why is the cause and effect of this in my life? Why, you know, why, why are things working or not working? All it, it teaches you everything from how we're manifesting to how, like right now, even in the war, how it goes way extreme and how you don't with universal law, you don't have to freak out what's happening in the world because you know, there's a law of equanimity and it's going to come back and there has to be an equal and opposite reaction to everything. Um, things like, um, you know, pure potential, understanding the law of abundance, knowing that there's only abundance in the universe, that the universe has infinite mathematical equations of everything. So it just always, everything adds up and everything is answered when you know universal law. So I would say if you understood universal law, if you understood like E4 trauma method, how to do that, um, and really just understanding those things and how to birth your purpose and calling out of it, I mean, of course you need some spiritual practice like breath work and meditation stuff, but those things like you have, if you understand those things, you don't need anything else. You have all the answers and they're all in you. You are universal law, you know? Sure. But people don't believe in it. So I wonder, Dr. Erin, what can we do as spiritual guides, as uh, divine creators that we believe we are? How can we really support people making them understand this is reality? Because mm -hmm. sometimes what is unseen is not trustable while it is not the way it yeah. is. Um, well, I don't think we need to have anybody understand it. It's like, if you don't, you if you don't believe in gravity, there's still gravity. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Like it's yeah. just a matter of time. There's actually a design to life and life is designed for spiritual advancement. That's all we're here for. So the thing is that people do their inner work and the heal, they're just going to experience more and more of their divine power. If they don't, and they go, life's going to basically demand them to. So it's going to be vicious cycles that get harder and harder. So it, we don't have to do anything. The law does everything. We as spiritual leaders, it's my last thing to think anyone's like, if I resist someone and think they need to know this stuff, then actually I'm persisting it and yeah. I'm actually holding them. And so the best thing we can do is know the perfection of everyone everywhere and not preach to anybody, only people that want to do their inner work and they come when they come. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, because manifestation is our main topic, to, topic today, Irina, would you say that one, I, I usually prepare a few questions to, to give myself to understand how I can manifest what I desire. So one of them is, for example, if I had zero chance of failure, what would I do? Or which are the habits that I need to change to take my game to the next level? So there are specific questions we can ask ourselves every morning to help yeah. us manifest our desires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Michael Bernard Beckwith is really good at a visioning process of, exactly. you know, I think that we do it opposite. So it, a lot of times we're programmed and taught to manifest by, by getting a vision board together, you know, and then visioning that and asking those questions, but it's actually a little bit different. We need to ask our higher self for the vision first, before we ask those questions, because the way it's designed is for spirit, our true self to come through with the vision. And then we use the mini mind is designed to solve a problem. In fact, if we don't give our brain a big enough problem, it will solve little problems. It'll find drama and create problems. So we actually have to give it a bigger problem to solve a bigger vision to solve. So yes, asking those open-ended questions is beautiful in a visioning process, but we want to make sure that we have the vision correct first, which only can come from source. It doesn't come from watching the influencer. It doesn't come from anything. It comes from tapping in and waiting for that divine calling to come through from spirit. 
So true. And why it's so powerful to have this divine purpose? Because uh, otherwise we feel empty. And uh, we can also give ourselves empty compliments like, uh, oh my God, I bought this amazing dress today, I bought this amazing... This is not, uh, is an empty compliment in my opinion. If we follow our divine purpose, we feel so much rewarded for the results we see that is not about being satisfied materially, it's about being satisfied and fulfilled spiritually. So we feel mm -hmm. so fulfilled and complete more than ever. The divine purpose can have, of course, different shades and shape, it can be family, can be your work, your project. So what do we need with divine purpose? Does it mm -hmm. include other people, the collectiveness to be called divine? Yes. Or yes, it is. It's a, it's a really important, interesting question because um, there's a truth. And the truth is when somebody has a spiritual awakening, they actually always have a spiritual calling. They have a mission that's born out of it. And it's a natural thing. It's being anointed. It's actually the process of when you actually spiritual awaken. It's the story of Moses. It's the story of in all, in all, not just by, we refer to science, we refer to philosophy, theology, everything, but this is the story. It's the, it is the hero's journey story also is the, the, you know, the, the, um, the student becomes a teacher. And the point is, is that we don't have to, you know, people go, well, I'm going to find my purpose. And they go out there and they try and figure it all out there. And the only place that a purpose comes from is within it, your beloved will speak it through. And, um, and yes, that purpose always is one purpose and one purpose only. And it's for the collective it's for awakening. It's for bringing truth. And that's why it feels like there's so many people doing this work now. It's like, because yeah, this is, we all get the same call, although you may have a different call of how you do it to which, which demographic, which avatar, which conversation. But the truth is that we all have the exact same mission, which is helping people know the truth and revealing themselves and, and healing and everything. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's destiny. When somebody does this work, you will get this call and all, and you'll, you'll know when you get the call, you can't, but you can't tell somebody that like, you're never going to get fulfillment from the material world. Like you can't tell somebody that cause they don't know that until they know that, you know, exactly. Exactly. And the mm -hmm. real confidence and empowerment comes from knowing that we are on the right path. So being on the right path means discovering our inner purpose, divine purpose, which is not easy to understand. But once we find the answers and we understand the importance of this guidance and this spiritual guidance, we feel that we want to give to others, thinking of the collective, we're going to be on the right path. I totally agree with you. Working mm -hmm. for ourselves also is so boring. Working with others. So what is missing, I believe, Irina, I'm sure you agree, is a real leader is a leader that works for a common good. It's not someone that gives power, that wants power to manipulate others to reach his own goal, like many politicians do, like many dictators do. A real leader is a spiritual leader. Why? Because he thinks of the common good, which is then reflecting on his good too. So it's not that we are only giving to others, we are giving for the world. It's so important to understand this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting time. I was having a conversation about um, politics last night. And as a spiritualist, you know, it's kind of like you stay out of it. But the truth is that there's there's many different leaders right now that are speaking of the game, the chess game of the kind of um, capitalistic world. And there's a end game that always happens because when people are working for themselves and in it for themselves, there's a destiny and the destiny is communism. 
because what happens is there's such a gap between the wealth and the non-wealth because it's because there's certain people that learn how to play the chess game and learn how to. And so when it gets that bad, the whole system crumbles and it always becomes communist. That's just like the cycle of it. Right. So right now we're looking at a place that the only way that the world is not going to become a communist dictatorship is by spiritual awakening. So we're in a very, very prevalent time right now in history. And so this is the natural evolution. And and it is the great spiritual awakening because it's destiny. Because you have this, you have the the polarity that's that is the antithesis, if you will, and it's destiny. So divine destiny is my favorite divine destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh Erin, I love what you say. So regarding what we just said as a leader leader position, sometimes we end up feeding too much our ego because the satisfaction of the self comes also feeling I'm a leader. So, but without, um, so being a leader also okay, brings to this uh, problem, but also it's important to understand that is as soon as there is inclusion and integrity, there is not this uh, uh, egocentric role because as soon as you include others, your ego is fulfilled in a healthy way. Can we say this? You think? Yeah. I mean, what is the ego? The ego is any perception that's, that's individualized. Um, and, um, I think it's nearly impossible to not have that perception as a human, unless we're meditating all day long in India, you know what I mean? So I think that the, it's more about not getting rid of the ego. It's about getting a healthy ego that is working for the highest good and harmony. Thomas George was a beautiful, incredible teacher in the new thought movement that taught that we really create by the perception of our, our self identity, but that we also, the harmony is the answer, just like you're saying that harmony is the answer, but you know, let's face the fact we're still in a capitalistic world. You know, you have an individual company versus I have an individual company. There's going to be ego in it. Like, let's just face the fact it's impossible not to, we just have to try and really, you know, work towards harmony work the best we can, but it's just impossible to get around the human vicious cycle. Like it's part of this deal, you know? Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm aware that you're doing an amazing program called the five days challenge. Do you want to talk about it so we can all join? Yeah. Yeah. So my mission is to help uh, people who've had a spiritual calling monetize their gifts, whether they have their own gifts, whether they do Reiki or whether they get trained and developed with our processes. Um, But my mission is to help spiritual leaders. And so the five day challenge is a five day challenge to monetize um, as a spiritual entrepreneur. So we go through everything like how to birth your message and mission to how to price your products and programs to um, selling with soul. And then I teach um, social media because Forbes nominated me as 11 most inspirational wow. female entrepreneurs to watch on IG. And then we go through the actual process to become the top one in your industry. So we give like huge amount of content for free in this challenge. And it's beautiful. You'll meet a lot of your besties whenever, and it's, um, it's uh, just coming up. So it'd be amazing to have people. I'm amazed by this power you're giving to us, uh, creating this opportunity for spiritual leaders to connect and to, to teach them how to make a business about it, because it's important also to be rewarded as a, so many efforts behind. So uh, we love working for free, but it's also important to be rewarded. Yes. For free. 
It's very important. Well, as they say, if you can't see God in all, you can't see God at all. So money is a beautiful exchange of service and energy. Yes. And I think as spiritual people, especially, we have to know that this is this is our divine birthright is prosperity. It doesn't mean that it's manipulating. It doesn't mean it's sales. It's actually helping people and it's very valuable. So we say that we don't necessarily... Um, charge for the, for the spiritual awakening, but we charge for the time as human beings. And so that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to see money as energy is a beautiful thing. We would uh, waste so much less money, I believe in stupid stuff. If we, if we think as money as energy, because money is just a piece of paper. So many people, I believe, do this mistake of wasting money in general in stupid things, instead of investing in their own self, because they yeah. see them as, as a piece of paper, while money are pure energy to add values in this world we need money and so it's energy more than a piece of paper mm -hmm. yeah i mean investing in consciousness I, i've invested over a quarter of a million dollars in my consciousness and it's by far the best investment and return on investment ever and you know if if the whole world had a major financial crisis and everything was taken away you know what are you left with no. nothing other than consciousness mm -hmm. yes and um, uh, I can't wait to be part of this program. When is it going to start, Erin? Yes, we have it March 21st through 25th. So it's a Monday through Friday. Yeah. Um, it's, um, I think it's, I think it's 9 a.m. PST. So it's about like a 45 minute intense. We get, we do some mind treatment. We really know the truth around universal law. We give a great distinction for business stuff and people have tasks and homework and people actually monetize that week for the very first time on in their business. So it's really exciting. So exciting. I can't wait to be part of it, Erin, mm -hmm. of course, uh, and to be listening to your amazing messages. So uh, let's uh, Remind, because we have been talking already for quite a bit to our friends and guests that manifestation is about thoughts, feeling and commitment. So there are no specific methods, as Erin reminded us, it's about the belief and about your energies. It's all very spiritual, but you have to feel it more than... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beliefs or identity creates beliefs. Beliefs create thoughts. Thoughts create feelings. Feelings create emotions and emotions create the, the circumstances of your life. So it literally, the moment that you consider yourself to be anything less than the I am, you set polarity of the entire universe into motion. That's how powerful you are. So it's all about identity. It's all about identity that can change, change along our life. So let's not feel stuck. We can change whenever we want. And instead of trying to change the world around us, let's change our inner world to create our own universe, manifestation, yeah. to manifest our desires. So true. Well, so beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see you again for this beautiful challenge you're creating. And uh, I hope to talk to you in the future. So nice to meet you. Thank you. Bye.